what's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? No. Was that <laughs> one okay? You, yeah, it was great. Oh. Why did you stop? I don't know. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it again. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, what's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? I'm Zach. And this is Eric. And this is the Easy Podcast. Yeah. Oh, that was smooth. <laughs> I'm working like on it. it. Working the on it, you know. Easy Podcast. Yeah. We've been doing this for over a year Bring now. It slow and low. Slow and low. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm 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 not <laughs> sure I'm into that one. That's a little weird. Uh but yeah. So this week, um we it's a little bit of a different episode. Yeah. Um but we're going to start off with uh, our normalties. Yes. So Eric, what have you been up to? Um well, you know, you know I like to watch stuff by osmosis. Yes. Um and so Victorious. Victor <laughs> What is that? <laughs> Oh man, it's this. Uh, it's um. Oh gosh, what is it? What's the studio? Wow, you're really pitching this. I am really pitching it. It's it's on Netflix. Plat- but it's, is it Platinum Dunes? That company that no, like no does transformers. It's like, Nic- it's like Nickelodeon for teenagers. Freefly? Uh, no, the the um. Ariana Grande's on it. Oh, and mm, I already lost this other, it's So Victoria or Tori, and they go to like Hollywood Arts High or something, and they're all like these musicians and artists and stuff. And my daughter's been watching that. And so I've watched a couple of episodes of that just by osmosis. Cool. Moving on. Yeah. What um, else have you been watching? <laughs> um, I did finally get around to finishing El Camino finishing did you start it then well stop i started it? and but i started at like midnight when oh. i first i was like it yeah i can't yeah right and so i how I good go is by. it though it was okay um the flashbacks kind of kept me on my toes right it was very memento ish yeah in that sense um and so i did find myself a couple of times you know in the first half being like wait what you know, a little bit confused of what was happening and how it was happening. But then as it progressed, right. You, you know, I got, I kind of settled into the style of what they were doing. It was good. It's really good. And it, it, it just feels like another extension of breaking bad, yeah. which was nice to like be in that world again. Yeah. Um, even though like better call Saul is still going, it was, it was just different to have, I don't know the official Breaking Bad, you know, sequel. Yeah. I guess you could say, but uh, it it was nice to see, you know, uh, Jesse Pinkman again, and all those other like just all the other side characters that you kind of. Well, spoiler. Well, do we want to? No, no spoilers. It's still pretty fresh. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Fair maybe enough. Maybe only a month out now, but yeah, I I think like if you haven't seen it by now. Are you a Breaking Bad fan? Cause yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. know. Uh, and who doesn't own Netflix anymore? But right. uh, yeah, it, it, it's great. It definitely feels like more Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, spoiler warning, I guess. So what, what were you going to say then? The, the one that really caught me was when oh. he's in the hotel room and then he comes out, knocks on the door, and then Walter walks out. Yeah, and it's like season two Walter. Yeah, yeah. I was, well, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Wait, I'm like, whoa. Wait. You know, they only had like, I think it was only like 72 hours to film all of that. Really? That's all they had because they had to keep it so secret. That's why it's only in the hotel, like, uh, hallway uh-huh. and then in like a diner that's right. clearly like green screened. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was all very hush hush. And it was like a, uh, it was 
a bald cap, not, they didn't shave, you know, his head again. Yeah. Um, so the bald cap's like kind of fallen off a little bit. I didn't, you, it, you, don't, you don't really I, notice I, Yeah. It. I was so yeah. taken aback that he, I was like, what, what, what? Yeah. And so, yeah, I wasn't looking it's for really those good. details. Yeah. And I think there's something so good about how Vince Gilligan writes, like where you have a setup and a payoff and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so satisfying every single time so yeah uh, anyways enough of the spoilers uh uh you know if you haven't seen it I, what are you waiting for like it's, yeah. go watch breaking bad again and yeah then watch it's, El Camino. it's shot well it's oh, creative yeah. um there's a setup in the payoff and that happens multiple times yeah. throughout and and it looks great as well yeah just cinematography is it, it's really is solid well. yeah and i always appreciate their their composition angles and stuff like that so uh yeah it, it's it's awesome i wish we i wish we could have done a whole episode on it but there's there's too much other stuff going on so but besides that though uh you, you've been working on anything um well yeah we're kind of in the pre pre-production finalizing um uh, well finalizing is not the word but um uh, acquiring yeah kind of kind of establishing who the players are going to be and um just kind of brainstorming kind of the story arc for the documentary on my son so yeah i'm excited and we know we will probably have a a guest on the uh, podcast um in relation to it yeah sure but i kind of want to keep it a a little surprise okay then moving on (laughs) going from documentary to uh dr sleep then oh nice yeah i'm working on my segues yeah i like how you did that i'm doing this for a little while (laughs) um i saw dr sleep on thursday and i did not no you didn't i'm a whiny little baby you are (laughs) i don't know about little like you're you're a big old baby um it's i don't like scary movies it's so good it is so good, and it was so fun to – fun might not be the right word. Uh, it, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. It was, it's, it was it's fun to fun. be – And here's a little insight into who Zach really is. Well, it was fun to be back <laughs> in the uh, the Shining universe. Mm. Um, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is one of my all-time favorite horror films. Oh, uh, yeah, and Jack Nicholson just y- yeah. slays it. It's classic. No so pun intended. Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's a, it's a worthy f- – for nine, 95% of it is a worthy successor or pre, you know, sequel to The Shining. Um, there's a couple of things that really took me out of it that um, I can't get into without spoiling it. But um, so for the, we do for the most part, alert? well, do we are you going to want to see it? I, I, I probably am. Do you want anything spoiled then? Um, it is the type of movie to not be spoiled with. You know, it, it it's... It's kind of a, I don't know. It's, well, it's we, very hard to just say. Should we say. not spoil it and then revisit? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. I'll I'll, I'll go, go see, see it. it. Go see it. I'll uh, put my big boy pants on. Yeah. And go. Put them on. <laughs> big boy shorts. Your big shorts. Put my them big on. Cargo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, that's all Eric wears is cargo that's shorts. That's not true. Mostly. That's not true. Ninety percent of the time. And why? Let's 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 okay. Yes, that's a fashion faux pas in the Look, in he's 2019. Gonna, he's going to stand up for his cargo but, shorts right now. But I'm going to shoot him down. Let's talk about why. And I wear cargo shorts uh-huh. and cargo pants. And why? Because the, you can put lens caps. Sure. You can put lenses, depending on the size of the lens. Uh-huh. And other like gear when you're running and gunning, it's very convenient. Yeah. So that is why I do that. 
in the two years of knowing Eric, I have never once seen him pull out a lens cap or a lens from his cargo Dude, pan. that's so not true. I've that's never seen true. it. That's because you were behind the it. camera and you didn't see me do that, you know? <laughs> AC Ninja right here. AC <laughs> Cargo Ninja. All right. Fine. I'll give it to, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that in two years you've pulled something out of your cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> take but that you, take but, that as you will but you know there's validity to that there's some i understand <laughs> i i, I See, understand what you're saying he's like i understand but not validating the point no, at all i'm not giving it to you at all i think they look weird i i wore them in like middle school and then that was it I, wow I, I gave it up i so. did i mean they came out when uh, i was in high school and uh you know i just never moved on well here's my my biggest issue with them we're talking about pants now <laughs> uh this is this is the pants podcast but, but it's it's filmmaking pants okay I, here's There's the a, thing that's the the thing is if you go into like an rei or um i i don't know any other snow yeah like, or like sporting North, uh, yeah or dicks or something whatever um no an rei or um uh, yeah whatever it doesn't matter some store that has like hiking pants and stuff okay <laughs> they they stuff. make they make pants in shorts mm-hmm. that have like a cargo side pocket mm-hmm. but they're not as baggy or heavy as cargo shorts the reason i wear form fitting jeans is because i hate the excess like material it feels like i'm weighted down mm. and when i'm having to run around on set and stuff it just it i don't know i feel more aerodynamic <laughs> as ridiculous <laughs> as that sounds because i mean look at me i'm not aerodynamic at all i'm like feel, a, i'm like a brick wall feel, so so spandex so would you wear spandex you'd be even more aerodynamic sure but i don't have pockets typically in spandex uh, okay. Yeah, that would be my issues. I can throw a well, I can throw a lens cap in my back pocket uh-huh. in my in my in my jeans. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like I love the, the, the downfall the downfall of cargo shorts and pants to me is it's too much material. It feels very heavy. Okay. Um, especially I mean, if you're very light. Well, especially if you're dealing in like you're in the rain or something, they they weigh you down. I feel like quite a bit once they get wet and then they take forever. Now, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say these. the ones that you're wearing right now probably won't have that issue but if you yeah. have like a cotton like cargo on you're yeah. screwed yeah well batteries are gonna weigh you down yeah lens caps not so much i'd but, rather i'd rather have it know. in a backpack i guess than having my pants fall off yeah potentially all day anyways thank you for this great <laughs> clothing segment on uh our filmmaking podcast i mean i guess it yeah. is kind of filmmaking related people need to figure out how to store things i mean there's there i mean there is a that I mean, we could talk a whole episode about just gear as far as what to wear. What to wear? Yeah. In, in when you're doing film production, um, you know, North Face makes a really solid, very durable jacket with if a lot of north, pockets yeah. that looks well. Even not too far up north, but if you're in the right season or whatever, yeah. And, um, you know, that's a thing. Actually, I was I, I've kicked around the idea about actually. Um, having filmmaking clothing, like having a brand that's specific for filmmaking and have, you know, cause I'm sure some there's gotta your, be somebody out some there. Some of your, it. some of your gaffers and you know, they want loops to clip their, right. their, their gloves and gaff tape to, and you know, and all of the tools that they might need. And, you know, so I think it could be a thing, but I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. It yeah. would it would cost five hundred dollars per pant because right. there's the the margin is so small of yeah. like customer to 
inventory right. size. Yeah. But I, I mean, somebody's probably doing it. I, I imagine somebody on or like filmtools.com or, or whatever. you're using like hiking gear, yeah. outdoor wear, which is what I like when I yeah. went to Africa, like that's what I, I wore was basically just, um, hiking like polyester, or yeah. not polyester, uh, whatever. Anyways. No, it's that high tech fabric yeah, that they have that now. breathes really yeah. nice and, and has pockets and all that. But, uh, regardless, um, and is aerodynamic back to, back to Dr. Sleep. <laughs> uh, we were, we were, We'll, we'll come back to Dr. Sleep after you see it. Um, there's a lot of stuff I would like, I would love to talk about. I think overall yeah. though, like the, now um, where does it, does it take place? See, I haven't watched any of the trailers. Cause like I said, I'm a big fat baby. Big and, baby. Um, and I'm not, a, I, so it I takes just don't place. need that dark psychological stuff in my head, but does it, yeah, it's during after and way after the shining. Is, oh. is when it takes place. Oh yeah, I did see one of the first trailers. Yeah, there's you? some flashback elements Ooh, to yeah. it. Um, right, the twins. There's a flashback of the yeah, twins. Yeah, yeah. I, that's in, that's that's not a spoiler. That's given away in the trailer. Yeah, forty also forty years ago that was yeah. in the movie already. So fifty years ago. Yeah, now, geez. No, no, in nineteen eighty. Uh, it was nineteen eighty. So yeah, it was only I did like the nod to that in uh, Ready Player One. That oh, it's cool. so good in Ready Player yeah. One too. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, um, which, which kind of makes this. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about it when you when you when you go see All it. Right, so, so, so dead sleep. Doctor, doctor sleep. Doctor sleep. <laughs> dead sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna be dead after yeah. I sleep. I'm it, never gonna sleep again. The character developments are great. All the side characters feel like they kind of get like their own thing, which is nice and kind of rare to see nowadays with especially horror movies. Um, it definitely feels a little bit more like a um, suspenseful thriller as opposed to mm. like just a horror movie. Yep. Um, you, you a lot more kind of like psychological and which is kind of my alley of, of horror. I, I mean, as much as I, um, I think the like slasher movies are fun, like the old eighties ones. And There's stuff, that word again, fun. I think they're fun <laughs> because they're so over the top and ridiculous that like you just don't, you, you can't take them seriously. Should we be concerned about your mental health? I'm 31 years old and I've had this problem for at least 20 years. It's too late. Yeah, I'm fine. You're okay. I'm fine. You're good. Um, but yeah, besides that, I haven't been really watching a whole lot. We did kind of start, um, my wife and I, we started watching Outlander, which is this mm. book series that's now been a TV series for, I think, four or five seasons on Stars. Um, it's actually really good. Um, it, it's it's super interesting. It's about a a woman in the 1940s, um, right after World War II, who uh, travels back in time to like the 1600s or 1700s. I can't remember. And then and I think it's the 1700s because it, they mention 200 years apart a lot often. But uh, and then she travels back in time and ends up in this Scotland, like this area of Scotland, and then she knows the future of like the whole the British versus the Scottish and all this stuff that happens in that time period. And then, so it's kind of about going and seeing if she can change history and uh, yeah, of course falls in love and all this other Uh, stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's well shot, um, pretty well edited. I would say the second season definitely feels a lot stronger than the first season. So that's been kind of uh, cool to see the progression of quality in that regard. But um, but yeah, that pretty much, that's all I've been watching. Um, Dr. Sleep though. I, I do recommend going to see it. I think it's, it's, uh, definitely something to see in the theater. It's unfortunate. The, uh, showing that we saw on Thursday was like, it was pretty empty. Really? So yeah, I don't, hopefully word of mouth catches on, but it, it, 
it could be that issue that we talked about. I think we talked about it last year, um, where Halloween, you know, horror movies coming out too late. Mm-hmm. And this came out the week after Halloween. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. We did talk about this last year. Yeah, the whole release, the, like the timing and the release, and I, I think they need to not be afraid of releasing stuff. You know, you know. I think the studios spend more time looking at f- films that they're releasing and not wanting to compete with one another within the you know the four or six weeks yeah. or whatever it is. And then miss the the actual opportunity. Like how many like horror movies have been released like during Christmas? Well, yeah. And what's it, weird it, too is <laughs> even this year, I was thinking about. Well, they're both WB properties, but it Chapter Two, right? And then Joker, right? So they didn't want to compete with each other, so they released Joker in October, but it came out in September, right? I don't know why they didn't swap that because right. Joker would have made. It's almost made a billion dollars. Yeah, would have, crazy. They would have done that in September, mm-hmm. and then you have your actual Halloween movie, yeah, in October. Like it just, didn't, right. it was really weird. I don't know why they didn't swap those, but I mean, and, who and, am I don't know. And here's another interesting part of that, right? Because from the business angle, you sell more it masks than you do. Because when we were shopping for our Halloween costume, we did look in the Joker section to right. see. And it was all this old school. Yeah, they hadn't made anything They didn't have anything from the new movie. Right. And there was was plenty of those masks. I'm like, oh, that's going to be like the hot ticket item for Halloween. Yeah. Nope. You couldn't even find it. Right. Because it it came out too late. And it wasn't like it was sold out. It was just they weren't available. Yeah. And um, same thing with um, Purge, the Purge masks. Mm, You know, Purge came out late and the Purge masks weren't available. It's like. You know, if you're trying to maximize the business aspect of it, you know, the merchandise is a big part of it. Huge part. And and it was I think it was a miss because there were the it masks, but they weren't they they sat on the shelf. Right. Because it wasn't that popular. People were looking for the Joker stuff because and yeah, I think that was I think they probably could have done better in merch sales. Especially because flip flop like, like the Pennywise character design doesn't change right i mean it becomes a spider in the second one but right it still doesn't necessarily change you could have had those masks from last year or you knew what it was already going to look like release that movie in october your merch isn't going to really alter for that movie whereas the joker they didn't want any spoilers so yeah it's just it's really strange uh, and i'm not a business management person so i you know I'm right. clearly i don't know what i'm talking about but um yeah it just seemed like that was kind of a miss in that regard but uh this is the podcast version of this episode we're going to upload a video version yes of uh, not the whole episode but this next nope. segment that we're going to do but let me yep. get a little uh let me get a little description in here before we cut to our new segment so uh a few uh, gosh a couple months ago now i guess you had the idea of Let's go to a grocery store or a, a, a big box store, uh-huh. and uh, let's dig our hands around in the five dollar bin. <laughs> yes, the uh, the last resort, you know, right. last the chance, final money grab yeah. of the studios trying to milk the last pennies out of yeah, <laughs> out of whatever um, film it might be. <laughs> and I said, okay, that sounds like a good segment, and that sounds like something that we should do video for, and that we should put on youtube yeah um it'll be fun it'll be fun (laughs) it's uh it's gonna be something i know that much wow yeah yeah 
so here we are. Um, just to give a little preface into that, but uh, so we're going to start this segment, and um, we don't exactly know what the segment's going to be called yet. But we were thinking maybe from the five dollar bin, or yeah. just five dollar bin, or. Yeah. Uh, but there's a problem with movie that. bin grab M- movie bin grab movie grab uh, bin grab it, it, <laughs> th- there's a lot of options yeah we're working through it well you'll know once this drops uh what we've ended up calling it because i'll have the graphic made by right then. yeah um the problem comes <laughs> when the five dollar bin isn't your life <laughs> well there's that there is that but the problem comes with the five dollar bin we didn't touch the $5 bin. Right. We touched we the fa- $3.74 <laughs> bin. We found a cheaper bin. <laughs> but the three seventy four bin doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Right, no. So here we are. We're yeah. just going to probably generalize it with the $5 bin until DVDs are obsolete and they don't sell them anymore. Yeah. And then it'll and there's be another big something. box electronic store that's still chugging along that that's has true. the $5 bin. That's true. So yeah. if um, they want to sponsor the podcast, we'd be happy they're to not tell anybody what they're, the name of that store is yeah. and where they can get their own $5 bin. Uh, they don't have any money to sponsor anything with because they're a dying company. So yeah. uh, do, please don't sponsor us. I think you're terrible. <laughs> um, we're talking about Best Buy. <laughs> And uh, I'll be glad to see you go. Um, anyways, let's get on to the segment. Yes. All right. This is From the Bin. From the Bin, baby. I'm Zach. And this is Eric. And uh, this week we're talking about Scorpion King. <laughs> <sighs> Wait. Book of Souls. Book of Souls. Yeah, sorry. So let's, let's, let's be specific. Yeah. You're not getting the... Dwayne Johnson, Scorpion King. No, you're not getting nothing. So uh, watch this. You're going to bleed and you're going to die. You were born a warrior. My people need a hero. I will fight by your side. Give me your soul, Arcadian. I'm one man, but one can stand against many. and give me your cheese whiz Uh, oh my goodness (laughs) it's so terrible oh my gosh um when i pulled this out of the bin i knew immediately this was going to be bad um because one the scorpion king with the rock is bad already you know, and I never saw it. It's not And good. I do like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I'm, I am a fan of Dwayne Johnson. I mean, I did not see. That it, was peak, that, like, not good Dwayne Johnson. Like, yeah, where he was yeah. still the rock, basically. Yeah. Where he I'm, was still just a wrestler. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But he's still just the wrestler acting. And he wasn't. Sure. He didn't really find his charisma yet. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't quite there. Um, but then the whole story arc in, in general is terrible. And special effects didn't are see awful. It. It, anyways. Didn't see it. The original Scorpion King is trash already yeah this is the fifth installment wait fifth the are you kidding fifth me movie <laughs> wow yeah so it's, well i guess that was it's scorpion king scorpion king yeah. scorpion king two i don't know scorpion king three i don't remember scorpion king four i, I looked it up i forgot scorpion king five <laughs> book of book of souls uh, this book of movie, shame book of shame more like it yeah okay but l- let's Movies that are in the bin typically are direct 
to DVD. At least in the 374 bin. Yeah. Which is what we pulled this from. Yeah. At your favorite insert box store. So direct here. to DVD, you might find a smattering of on your streaming service. Look, the graphic design <laughs> is it's not the worst I've ever seen. No, but um, it's not 2018. 18. 2018 is when that released. I know. In October. So Here's you're only talking a year okay. of, uh, like hang on. In case okay, <laughs> first of all, let me let me let me just say this up top. Uh, spoilers for Scorpion King Book of Souls, if you care. Right. Um, it's a year old. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, it doesn't matter. No one saw it. Um, okay. Uh, oh, actually, I, I and I have I have some some numbers here that I would love love to bring up. The numbers are three dollars and and seventy four cents, yeah, which we just people. bought. It. You you wish <laughs> you wish it was that because I looked it up. And it's actually, oh my gosh, what was the, uh, it, it, it made $1.1 million really? in home sales. Wow. Now, here's the thing is, um, that's between DVD and Blu-ray, and, and it's almost split. It's like 600,000 DVD, 400,000 Blu-ray. Um, the numbers aren't exact. But the thing that's weird is, I don't know if that is um, units ordered or actual sales. Oh, it wasn't specific in the. It doesn't say because I, I guess they don't keep like a. There's no box office mojo or whatever for DVD right. sales. So yeah, um, it it didn't give me the budget of the movie. I feel like this movie. It feels probably like a five to eight million dollar movie. Probably. I mean, would would you say? Yeah, as far as production quality. Yeah, as far as budget. Yeah, I would imagine maybe ten at the high. At the high, it's not. It's not a twenty or fifty million. No, movie, no, that's for sure. Yeah, but. So, so let's say it's an eight million dollar movie. It made one point one million dollars. Yeah, so it was a loss. Oh yeah, yeah. Who thought? That's my biggest question here: is what What is the audience for this movie at all? Well, why I mean, why even make thing. this movie it is, at all? Is that and and I don't know. Well, obviously, this is only a year old, so the studios are still doing this, right? Um, now. And the question is why? That's what the I'm saying. The question is like, why? Because if it takes a loss, yeah, and a lot, of, most of the straight to DVD movies take a loss. They have to. Most of which are doing that because, like, and and they, there's this whole segment of, and that bin is full. I know the bin is. I mean, right? I mean, it's full now. Okay, let's okay. let's talk about this though, real quick, because I think there's a business thing here that a lot of people do bring it up but it's the um well it's the red line you know like it's movies stay in the red and so certain people don't get paid for movies the writers don't get paid for residuals or stuff like that because the um the financial team of that production keeps that movie in the red by either continually producing uh, dvds to yeah, keep yeah. things like so the budget is constantly going up that way it never it never made its money back or something like that so they there's, don't th so the, on the contracts they right. don't have to pay royalties so there's a thing with that ah, there, but I, okay. I i seriously doubt this movie had that kind of a contract like if if somebody signed up for this movie with that contract that's your own fault because you're in the fifth installment of a straight to DVD franchise. That's right. like, what are you doing? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this not isn't necessarily like them purposefully keeping things in the red to not pay someone, but it's more of a write off. Right. They're yeah. making this movie right. Right. to write off a loss. Right. Yeah. So they put $10 million in it. Now they get to write off 
8.9 million dollars. Right. So it's a tax grab. That's basically. kind of what I'm assuming. Yeah. Because I cannot figure out who this audience would be because clearly there isn't one. 1.1 yeah. million dollars. That that's not very many people buying this. Or I mean, and that that could be iTunes. Like I don't know how they're really. I mean, they said it broke it down into Blu-ray and DVD. Maybe they didn't. Full disclosure: We watched this on Netflix. Yes, it was it was on did. Netflix, and we did buy it. We bought we the did. we did buy the DVD. We bought the DVD. But right. I was like, I'm not gonna if it's if it's like easily accessible through my Apple TV. I'm just gonna watch it on my Apple TV. Right. So if it's on Netflix, then Netflix, Netflix had to pay a certain amount for that sure. royalty. I would love. To, I wish Netflix I didn't have would to pay the three seventy four. Right. I would love to know. I wish Netflix released their numbers because I want to see this kind of stuff. Like, who's who's actually like? What are the numbers of people watching this movie? Well, apparently, seventy four percent of Google users said it was good. You're right. That's is actually and, a really good thing to bring I, up. And IMDb, IMDb, of of. Okay, IMDb. That's a professional industry standard resource, resource right? But four point six. That's users out of ten. Yeah, gave it a, a four point six out of ten. Now, what do you think that audience is? Though that's failing. No, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're not graduating with those numbers. Yeah, no. <laughs> but the type of people that are going to go in and actually review Scorpion King number five in voodoo i have no i've never heard of voodoo before oh, i use voodoo sure. all the time oh do you yeah that's i think that's walmart's 3.5 out of five 3.5 out of five 3.5 not out, out of, of ten. five no out of five. Oh my gosh that's a b plus wait voodoo's giving does it, say it how many B+. numbers how many out of how many reviews does uh, it say let's see uh let me let me click on that okay because this is if it's out of four reviews 765 oh my gosh <laughs> society what's wrong with so, you well all the fan all the fans and families of all the actors you think there's 700 people that have I mean, a voodoo account though i mean uh, maybe they're like hey go sign up for a voodoo account. that's weird um that just has more, that raises more questions than answers it does i you're, don't understand right. okay let's 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 talk about this movie um Rotten Tomatoes score, <sighs> none. Well, that, there isn't not one. not that it's zero. They didn't even bother to review it at all. There is an audience score for it though audience of seventy seventy one percent. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Seventy one. I've seen terrible movies. Um, okay, I want to I want to talk about the movie now. Yeah. Besides besides box office okay and, and let, let me start with this as i started watching it took a long time to draw me in you know and i tried to watch it without any uh, you know i knew <laughs> going in we pulled it from the bin yeah. so i knew i my expectations were low <laughs> even with low expectations it took a long time to draw me in but it was a flashback to watching like Clash of the Titans, like old school, like Clash? old school Clash of the Titans, yeah, and with maybe a little bit better effects, maybe a little I bit mean, better fight choreography, yeah, I'll, but but not much, not for 2018. No, you're not wrong. And so I'm like, oh, uh, I'm like, hang on, <laughs> no, right? I'm like, when okay, Clash of the Titans was released. I'm going to look that up while you 
chime yeah. in on that. So Clash of the Titans, I mean, Clash of the Titans is claymation, but right. it, this, okay. <laughs> the, the, this, the, I'm, I'll, I'll differ with you on that. I'll give it the benefit of the production quality. It's better looking than Clash of the Titans. Well, yes, by, with the by with the lot. creatures, the creatures were awful in Clash of the Titans. But what I'm saying is, is it gave it was like a flashback, gave me that same kind it, of feeling. It felt like it was 15 years old. Yeah, you yes. know, it felt like the yes. quality of probably the original Scorpion King. So there, it opens with this this oh this awful narration from somebody. I don't know. A character you never meet. 1981. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> so 81 to 2018. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it opens up with this this narration about the sword. The sword that Anubis made in hell or Hades or whatever they call it. Right, yeah. And um, and then go, the, the big bad guy gets it. And then every shot of the big bad guy is, is the background is just this terrible purple cgi'd skyscape that mm-hmm. is so poorly green screened yeah that I, I mean i can't even imagine like how quickly they went through those shots to green screen them yeah it gave me flashbacks of i don't know if you've ever seen it but the uh, like the old mortal Kombat movies oh yeah yeah it looks just like uh-huh. that yeah it looks straight out of that series yep and that was 1994 like six yeah 95 oh my five. like those are yeah those look bad. Product of the time. Sure. This is technology like, that was 30 years old. Yeah. I was amazed at how bad the backdrops look. Okay. <laughs> I love cinematography. I love color grading. I, I'm not very, I'm not the best at it, but I do, I do have a passion for you it. You are pretty good. Anyways, so. moving on. This movie is so inconsistent in the color grade mm-hmm. that it was driving me insane Every time they're they cut to another angle while they're in the desert, the sky blue changes right. its tint. Yeah, and then the white sand goes it, it back and forth between a yellowy white and a white white. Right, and I'm like, you guys clearly this is either reshoots and somebody forgot the white balance, um, or this was in like just never color graded yeah just as thrown, the day went together. together because i'm thinking it, it feels like maybe there might have been a few moments I, the up top scene was probably color graded a lot of this feels like it might have just been from in camera like whatever the image you know they captured was what it looked like yeah and they uh, probably again they didn't spend the the time i mean no. they had so th- it had potential R- it had potential. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think this movie had any potential. No. Okay. Fair. No. Enough. No. But I mean, as far as quality, and and I say that with an asterisk, it could have been significantly better with a little bit more time spent on it and a little bit more budget. I think what it really needed was actual. It needed story beats and, yeah. and moments that yeah. actually happened the, because the, the, ma- arc, the arc was, was the, what, what arc? Yeah. The, the majority of the movie is spent showing traveling shots, right? Anytime somebody goes from point A to point B, it's like 17 shots of them riding on a horse or running. Right. And the other problem that I had with it is they travel to like four different locations but it never feels like they leave right. the same place. Right. They, at one point they go out on the, on, uh, the boat or whatever, and yeah. then they come 
to a different island that it's supposed to be. And it, it looks, looks like exactly the same, same island they yeah. just left. They just left the beach and turned around yeah, and came back. <laughs> exactly. And I, I looked over at my wife and I was like, they just did a U-turn out in the ocean. Well, and here's the thing. There's shots. <laughs> I noticed this too, where there's shots of them riding to whatever the tomb was. And it's just the three of them. And then they cut to the, the, them like oh, on the yeah. ridge, and then the the guy, the yeah, the, the clay monster the, guy, the golem guy, the golem guy is there. Yeah, like he wasn't in the the portal clearly shut. <laughs> the other group of bad guys came through, like came. Oh right yeah, by but this it. is like see a couple scenes I later know. when they're and he caught up to them somehow, <laughs> and then he's on the horse, and and I'm like, he punches a horse in the face. Yeah, I know. He kills <laughs> <Yeah>. a horse <laughs> by punching it in the face. I know. Let that sink in for a second, yeah, okay? It, I yeah. I hashtag canceled this guy. Two thousand eighteen. This two. Th yeah. Oh, and he makes a fart joke. Right, dude. The, the, oh yeah. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. It's terribly yeah. written. It's terribly <laughs> yeah, directed. There's so many. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the cinematography yet. It's so bad. Okay, the editing is 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 terrible. The writing, the the editing is clearly a a a. A product of the poor writing, yeah, and the shooting because well, it was an attitude of directed. It seems like they're like, oh, so and direct to DVD, and then let's take as many shortcuts as we possibly but can. But you think about it, there's still better ways to do things. Yeah, on that budget, if you had eight million dollars, you could have made this. You still could have made this a great movie. And then think about what your DVD sales would have been on $8 million. Yeah, it look, could have been a look could at have doubled Joker. It, sure. Okay, look at Joker. Joker had a budget, I think, like 40 or $50 million. Yeah. It's almost made a billion dollars back. Yeah. Take that model and downscale it to DVD or streaming or how, you know, iTunes, however right. you want to sell that. Right. And say, say you spend $8 million on it, you want to make at least $60 million. Like yeah. that's the equivalent. Yeah. Like what? Why would you not push this just as as far as possible? I mean, I understand like this one in particular, the fifth installment, okay, <laughs> of a franchise that's, that's been dead for twenty years, right? That, that, yeah, but again, I think you're right. I think it goes back to we need to we want to be able to support the community of yeah. actors and um, you know directors that are coming up or whatever, but. You know, I looked up the producer and the and the director on this particular film, uh, Mike Elliott and Don Michael something Paul or something, and yeah, and their partner they've they partnered on a lot of these same type of releases. And you, DVD you look at you look on their IMDb page and it's it's the, that's all they like do. that's that's their niche. So they're being supported by the studio to do this type of film. Yeah, somebody's and in. This is a universal release. Yeah. It's not like yeah. it's not like a third tier like <laughs> sister company of Universal. Okay, here's my favorite part of the whole thing. Your text to me after we we're supposed to start watching. He sends me this screenshot <laughs> right here and says, "Hope you're watching this masterpiece." <laughs> and then I I respond LOL and then he says, I hope you're watching this and I didn't just waste two hours of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I and I sensed the fear of like you, you getting it. punked. Yeah. Like I'm totally punking you, making you watch this I thing. I really did. And I'm not gonna. <laughs> I expected to come here this morning and be like, oh man, no, I didn't I didn't get to see it. And me just being like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was 
so tempted. I was. It was. I was like, oh, I can. <laughs> I'm reading between the lines. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah. This movie's bad. It is. Um, it is. It was. And I did painfully sit through the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the cinematography now. Oh, I thought we were moving on to unicorns and Skittles. Something, no. <laughs> something happy. <laughs> no. Um, this movie had no character, no interesting anything that they thought that they needed to put a Dutch angle to spice it up. And at one point, at one point I slammed my hands into my head and looked at my wife and I went, that camera is almost at 90 degrees. This movie is Dutch angle. The movie Kenneth Branagh, his Thor has nothing on this movie. It's so absolutely asinine. The amount of Dutch angles in this movie. Well, you know, maybe, Maybe the director just learned the Dutch angle idea. Who's the cinematographer? And and uh, right, the DP just learned the, the whole Dutch angle thing, and then is like, really, because you know when you learn something new, maybe he just, you know what I mean? If you ever, no. you, you know, you just oh, learn that new thing, and you're super excited about it. Like, you think he's a twelve year old? <laughs> There's zero chance this dude isn't like. 45 in the industry and has known what that, I'm looking him up. I'm looking I mean, him up. I don't want to throw shade on the guy and throw him under the bus. That's all we're because, doing to this movie. But, but, I mean, may, maybe what, what throwing, I mean, throwing fun. personal names into it makes it worse somehow. No, but their names are on it in, you know, okay. His, I mean, they they got paid. They're happy. No. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's not going to see this. His resume includes, Hooten and the Lady TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, Homeland, he was a camera operator. Oh, wait, this is all camera operator. This doesn't count. Uh, cinematography. Uh, oh, wow. Critters Attack. It's a mm. new uh, movie that came out this year, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's another bin grab. Oh, no. Trimmers, A Cold Day in Hell. That's for sure That's in the bin. That's definitely in the bin. <laughs> uh, the Experimental Witch... Okay, maybe you're right. He ha- he didn't start sin- doing cinematography till 2008. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe he is a little baby and he's never. No, no, no. No, no wait, 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 wait. He was the best boy grip in 1999 for After the Rain. He definitely knows what a Dutch angle is. All right. Well, All right. I this mean, guy. This is his first opportunity to really flex that skill. <laughs> this is. It, I, I'm not going to blame a cinematographer. The, yeah. This is a movie. Uh, directed and and chosen everything's chosen by some line producer yeah that says okay we have to do this and this and uh you know what we we know the netflix audience they love a weird angle so do this and and that's all it is it's it's like every sixth shot is a dutch angle i wouldn't that's not even probably an exaggeration like it's it's so bad and boring and bland in and between the landscape travel shots, which there's some pretty nice like aerial shots in it. I, I guess um, if I had to be like a positive thing about it, they do a really good job. Like whoever the, the operator was for the helicopter or drone um, does a very good job of following and has some nice swooping shots throughout. But I did. I don't I, imagine there was a helicopter on it. It I, was probably it a drone. drone. Yeah. It yeah. Looks drone to me. Um, 
yeah, that's my only positive probably for the cinematography. I think for the most part, it, it feels very much TV movie, um, uninteresting, very flat, uh, not a lot of, just not a lot of character to it at all. The color grade is, is, is bland and boring and actually just straight up all over the place. Um, in, inconsistencies of, you know, uh, continuity for color. Yeah. Uh, jeez, man. Like if this is, this is the first episode from the bin <laughs> from the bin and we're starting we're starting oh i'm just looking at the back here it it looks so uh, this so i'm thinking you this know, doesn't happen <laughs> this doesn't happen in the movie wait let me see okay that. so it's it's a shot of the golem which is Oh, right. uh, yeah. the clay guy right fighting anubis with the sword that doesn't happen in the movie at all no. That Anubis shot is from the epilogue or the prologue. Yeah, the prologue, yeah. And that clay shot is from the very. By the way, the dude, the clay guy, he punches a horse and he kills it, and then he did he really kill it though? Yes, it's laying just, on the ground. I mean, he just knocked him out. He, I mean, I, I did. They weren't riding a brown horse when they left, <laughs> so either they left that horse there to die, or he killed it. Like either way, it's dead and it's his fault, and he killed it. And hashtag cancel Golem, because I think. It's a ter- this is a terrible movie. Yeah, there's some really bad, like, he, tasteless he, stuff. That he walks up to yeah. a camel and he goes, oh, my gosh, did you fart? <laughs> and it's his his makeup and stuff looks ridiculous. And he's got, like, gr- he has, like, grills. Mm-hmm. Like, in his teeth, like, mm-hmm. charcoal grills the whole yeah. time. I'm just like, yeah. I'm sure somebody worked really hard on it. The, the, okay, I have one positive about the whole thing. Okay. I actually do think that the, for as little as there is... The set decoration mm-hmm. and uh, like set design looks really good. Yeah, there is there is a yeah. scene towards the end where they're in kind of like um they're in the, in a desert with it's kind of like a graveyardy looking thing and there's like mm-hmm. skulls and stuff and skeletons and everything. It all looks very high quality. Like it all yeah. looks very well done. Yep. Um and. I really like there's parts of it that I thought that was really well designed. And the only problem is like every single set, it, nothing feels lived in. Nothing feels bigger than it really, it, you, it feels only as small as the shot that you're as that right, wide yeah. master shot that you see, which it probably is. Yeah. Um, and that's my issue with like things like this is they don't, they don't kind of think of world building. Right. They want this to be an adventure movie, but they don't have the budget to go to seven different actual locations right. for an adventure film. Right. You got to um, film the whole thing in Death Valley. It's, that, <laughs> it had to have been like where it was. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe someplace in... in well, in, some of the white sand stuff, I was I was trying to think through. I'm like, yeah, maybe New Mexico. Maybe. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like dune, white dunes. So, I mean, yeah. I guess there is a possibility that they just... No, there's not. I mean, the there's on there's, this. there's I don't know. there's spots in California too out. Yeah, but uh, it's it, it yeah. just screams the same location for every location. This movie's pretty terrible, huh? <laughs> well, it was three dollars and seventy four cents. But it didn't cost that much to make. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, probably should have. I I just keep I keep going through my mind like. Who rolls up on the dollar bin and goes, oh, this this one. one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we did it ironically. Yeah, I mean, blindly. 
we dug in very blindly. Du- so these are blind picks, just so everybody knows. Yeah, it's not I like can't. We we pick the the goal. I mean, we're gonna have a. I mean, <laughs> the segments that you know the the dollar bin or whatever. Yeah. So there's probably gonna be a lot of this kind of stuff. There will be now. The goal is not. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> a little bit of the goal. the goal. A little the, bit of the goal is to just bash the... It's throwing shade, but... But you're right. I think we need... I really want... My my goal, personally, yeah. is I really want to reach in into the into Oh, the this bin is a different goal than I have. And pull out something that's a, that that's we haven't... That, exactly. That we haven't... Nobody's heard of or yeah. we haven't seen. And we'll and, have an alarm bell go off when that like, finally happens. it's like the whole thing's like... It's whoop, not going to happen. Whoop. Yeah, right. This is an amazing it's, That'd film. be like winning the jackpot. Yes. It's... Yeah. I'm... It's like the lottery. I'm pessimistic that it'll ever happen. <laughs> but here we are. The, here's the thing. In a sea of movies yeah. direct to DVD... <laughs> there is a gem in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I do think that, you know, us bashing it, it's fun. It's great for YouTube. Yeah. But <laughs> I there is there's a point here that I want to bring home is that and let, let's let's we keep speculating. Let's just say this movie had a budget of eight million dollars. Um, let's just say that. I think the one thing that I would like to maybe bring a positive spin on this is let's say this movie had an eight million dollar budget. How do you get the most out of an $8 million budget. Um, I've seen very small movies that are very character driven, mm-hmm. um, very uniquely shot, unique locations that were very cheap. Um, I think that it's incredibly possible in today's day and age to do an $8 million adventure movie and it still be good. Right. I think the problem that this movie has is that it it tried to be a lot of style over substance, and unfortunately, yeah. that style was terrible. Right. Um, but I think you could take a lot of learning from watching this movie. Yep. I'm not recommending you go watch it. It's gonna <laughs> we we took care of that for look, you. It's gonna you screw to. up your Netflix suggestions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I need to go to delete that. There is there is a lot in this that I think you could be like okay. Why doesn't that work? Mm-hmm. Or how could I how could I have made that work with what I have? So you take that eight million dollar budget and instead of doing these crazy elaborate unnecessary CG moments or this giant rock golem monster like this movie had that actually serves zero purpose whatsoever right. yeah. to the end story, um, take that take that money and focus on the absolute cheapest aspect of it which is the storytelling, right. which is the story writing, the script writing. Yeah. That costs the, nothing the compared to everything yeah. else. Yeah. Take that character development. Yeah. Take you know 20 minutes of the movie to actually develop your character as opposed to introducing your character up top and then within two minutes, a little boy that he just met and the audience as well just met dies and that's his whole motivation for the whole right. movie yeah. you have no connection to that character no you have no connection to his struggle that that our protagonist is going through and instead of that have the first 20 minutes of this movie him with that kid playing around doing a bunch of things sure. yeah. building those character yeah. arcs understanding kind of the history of them why they know each other well, what I- that kid might mean to him because maybe he lost you know a kid something like that um i'm not saying that i should have went into this movie expecting that but i'm telling you what you could do yourself to 
make a better film. Absolutely. You, that, you, you totally hit the nail right on the head. The biggest problem with this film is there's no character development. None. You don't connect with the, the, the main actor. You don't connect with the story. You don't connect with the kid. Yeah. You don't, there isn't enough time spent really building that emotional tie and it doesn't it doesn't take like you said it doesn't take elaborate sets it doesn't take but what it does take is it takes time yeah spend the time in developing that because it's like yeah you feel you feel like this you get it you understand like he wants revenge because of the kid thing but even the payoff on that was like I threw a knife across, you know, the this battle right. scene, and I hit you in the back, and it was good. Yeah. No, dude, that's not like the, the like you totally shortchanged your payoff. Right. But the biggest fail in this is the lack of emotional investment from the audience. There is none. Yeah, and that's why it doesn't. That's why it yeah. went right into the bin. There's there's zero story. There there's uh, a bunch of who cares characters. Yeah. It, it, none none of it makes any sense. There's there's like two or three eye candy moments that are like clearly just there to try and sell the movie. Except for you wouldn't know they're in the movie unless you saw the movie. Right. It's it's not like there's anything to this. There's no big name actor. There's nothing. There there's nothing to draw people to this movie besides you randomly picking it out of a three dollar and 74 cent bin <laughs> which we did um but i think there i think there are things to learn from movies yeah, like this there is um, watching these movies yep um you can see what not to do in a yeah. lot of ways yep. and uh yeah, i mean i've seen star wars fanfic movies better than this and yep. they had no budget like zero right they just do an after effects in their you know mom's basement so and that's really the value to the audience that's listening to the podcast or watching from the bin is not the the shade throwing though we enjoy doing that it is fun is it is really taking the opportunity to go okay why isn't it working what what are the things that aren't working and how can we learn from that so that as we go out or as you, you know, are pursuing your filmmaking that you can say, this is what I don't want to do. And, you know, I can, I can take these lessons from somebody else's mistake and make something better. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, our new segment from the bin. You get a lot more out of it if you watch it on the YouTube channel. So go over to our YouTube, the easy podcast show. Uh, on YouTube or, uh, you know, write us in, tell us some bin movies that maybe you found that you just, you gave a shot yes. and you actually liked it. Yeah. Um, email us. The found easy- one of the gems. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, hit us up the easy podcast show at gmail.com and uh, let us know, let us know what those were. We're not going to watch them, but we'll be happy yep. that you enjoyed them. Right. Uh, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, Eric, where can they find us online? Well, they can find you, Zach Abbott, on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Abbott. They can find me at Eric Thurson on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So you can find the Easy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast or on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns, you can send all of those to Zach <laughs> at 
the easy podcast show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.